Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Chris Dalnadar and Andy McLeod. We recorded this interview and jam in front of a live, modestly-sized audience at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. It was really interesting to peek outside the old-time bubble for a second. I often forget that basically nobody knows what old-time music is or why they should care, and you can kind of hear me panic (laughs) the moment I realize that during this recording. But I think we did a good job repping our scene, even if we had to drag bluegrass a little in the process. I want to thank the Philadelphia Podcast Festival for featuring us and the Tattooed Mom for hosting us. It was really cool to catch some of the other local podcasts before we went on. Stick around after the show and I'll tell you where you can find more of Chris and Andy's music and how you can support Get Up in the Cool and get exclusive rewards. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
right. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to Get Up in the Cool Old Time Music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. I'm Cameron DeWitt. These are uh, this week's friends, Chris Dalnadar and Andy McLeod. Yo. We're going to play some old time music for you. What is old time music? It sounds like a very generic genre title. Uh, and in a way, it encompasses a lot of different um, musical traditions uh, from America. But um, I guess the way I would describe it, and maybe feel free to jump in and correct me, is uh, it's kind of centers around uh, Appalachian fiddle and banjo music. And then it sort of uh, ripples outward into other music that people who play that kind of music would also enjoy. So we're going to play some Appalachian fiddle and banjo music, but we're also going to play some like traditional Texas music uh, and some ragtime music as well. Yeah. Um, does that sound about right? That sounds about right. Great. Yeah, to put it into context, it's like kind of the antecedent to bluegrass music. Bluegrass was kind of the commercialization of old-time fiddle music. And there's a number of similarities and differences between the two, but this is the music that preceded bluegrass. This is the music that bluegrass came out of. Yeah. Oh, and it's a, it's a mixture of um, African and European uh, folk traditions from like a 19th century. So that's old time in a, in a nutshell. Um, yeah, uh, so what did, what did we just play? So that was a tune called Billy in the Lowland, and we yeah. get that from a East Virginia fiddler by the name of Henry Reed. Not, not to be confused with Billy in the Low Ground. Yeah. Right, Billy <laughs> the, the Low These people don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> listeners at home, yeah. For, uh, for the listeners at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we got to like curb a little bit of the nerdiness on this one. Right. I mean, the podcast like festival is already pretty nerdy, so I'm not too worried. Uh, yeah, but, but this uh, is like the penultimate. This is like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I just want to like talk to you guys a little bit before we play another tune. Uh, why? You're... Two young, handsome bachelors. Why are you playing? Stop it. <laughs> I will not. Why are, why are you playing this music that's just going to sort of like alienate you and uh, from, from the rest Ooh, of society? That's a good question. Why, why are you doing this? What draws you to that's this a very music? Good question. I mean, for me, it's kind of a revolt against modern music and where it is these days uh, in terms of the music industry and. Um, Preach it, Grandpa. Nice. <laughs> you know, it's more of a return to traditionalism, which I'm into. Um, and it's just damn good music. Yeah. Yeah, it's damn good music, and it's quick. Like, you can move acoustic instruments everywhere. That's it's, true. It's on demand. Like, you can play anywhere, anytime. And it sounds crazy, and it comes from a bunch of different people, and it was played by families, by everyone in that area, uh, which is, like so different from how we think of music as like a stage and an audience right versus they were just playing you know yeah this music is very much uh, a social exper uh, experience I think that's that's yeah. a big part of it you know we get together in people's living rooms and in cafes and bars and stuff and you know we don't play so much for an audience so much as we play for ourselves and <laughs> yeah the few people who like listening to it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, the audience is mostly, it's sort of a, music, a musician's music a little bit. Right, and we have to talk about, yeah, I mean, a big part of this music is dance, um, square dancing. Yes. Yeah. That's, this music is for that purpose. Yeah. Um, and that's another big social aspect to it. Um, the square dance used to, be, used to be a social function where people would come together, people in the community, to meet each other, and, you know, relationships were made there, and we've 
drifted far astray, I think, from yeah. from that level of involvement with each other. Yeah. Uh, something I like about this music is like I'm I make a lot of friends that uh, I probably wouldn't be friends with otherwise. Uh, that's no offense to you guys. I don't know if we would be friends otherwise or not. You know, but, yeah, but it's, it's just a, like it's a quick uh, connection. I, I get to it's connect. A, I get to. I have a. I have a. Re- it's sort of like going home for Thanksgiving, and like going to see your family. You have like a connection with your family. You might not agree with them about everything. You may be from different cultures. You may uh, have different politics. Um, Chris and I definitely have different politics. Andy and I have different politics. They have different politics from each other, but we all like playing this music together, and it's sort of like a lubrication for us to talk about other things too, uh, and a reason for us to like, uh, yeah, (laughs) good old musical lube. It's a reason for us to like get together, um, even though the the things we like to talk about and our like values might not confirm each other's biases, Um, but like, yeah. So it's. I think that's really cool. The tunes connect everybody. Yeah. Ideally. Ideally. That's the ideal. Yeah, I mean, I think of it as another way of communicating with each other. You know, it's another language. It's another way of expression, of talking to each other. There's even the occasional Trump bumper sticker at these uh, (laughs) gatherings. Yeah. (laughs) Old-time community, like, as far as I've seen, is, like, pretty progressive. I've heard that the bluegrass community is, like... More half and half. More half and half. It's more like... I've heard some yeah. people in color in the old time community say like, I'm not going to go to that particular festival because that festival is half bluegrass and I'm not going to go there. Right. Which I think is a shame. That doesn't surprise me though. Yeah, but uh, that's not to throw shade on bluegrass. Bluegrass people hold each other accountable. <laughs> we were just talking about this earlier. Yeah, we're always throwing shit on bluegrass and we all love bluegrass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I love bluegrass. I like playing it, but yeah, I talk shit about it all too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let, let's let's play another tune. Uh, what are we gonna play next? Oh, uh, and then I want to talk to Andy about Chris oh, yeah. is uh, like a he's been on the show twice before. Everyone knows his story. who listens to the show, so I'm gonna like kind of focus a little bit more on Andy in terms of how he got into the music. But this guy first, yeah. So we're gonna play uh, we're gonna play a fiddle and Doc Roberts tune. This is called "Take Those Lips Away." <laughs> Take those lips away. One, two, you know what to do. <laughs>
walks away. <laughs> Thanks. Do you, do you know where that title comes from? I have no idea. That's a saucy title. Yeah. Take those lips away. Andy, uh, how'd you start playing old time music? Uh, well, I started playing something called American Primitive Fingerstyle Guitar, which is based on based around a guy named John Fahey, who recorded a lot of music between 1960 and 1975. And I got into like fingerstyle open tuning guitar, and that I learned was inspired by mostly country blues and uh, old time music, so that pushed me backwards and I started listening to stuff from the 20s and 30s and found out that's where the real juice was. Yeah. <laughs> and then I heard about uh, Clifftop Music Festival in West Virginia and I went there with my brother about two years ago. Uh, and then I was hooked from there. And I've been playing music in Philly old time ever since. Yeah, Clifftop is like the, the largest gathering of uh, old time musicians. I think it's the largest one. It's the biggest one, right? It's like 5,000 people. Apparently this... This festival in the Rockies called Chroma is really oh, big. Oh snap! But That's I mean, your brother not, is I don't right. think it's bigger than Clifftop. Okay. Yeah. 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 So there's like I think there were, a couple years ago at least there was like five thousand people there. So it's like, but they come from all over the world to like play this like Appalachian music. So definitely, definitely travels. Um, awesome. What uh, can you maybe like explain? How do you play guitar differently oh, sure. in old time music sure, than you yeah. would in? Uh, That's like been the hardest American primitive. Yeah. That it's uh, real, way different. You have to retrain your right hand because I'm used to playing this style. It's more like... Which is like your thumb is doing the bass line and your <coughs> index and middle fingers are kind of picking out the melody so you're yep. like a one-man band in a way. And versus old-time backup guitar, I use a flat pick. There's different ways people do it. Some people use thumb picks, but I use a flat pick and you're mostly doing bass runs in and out of, in and out of chords. So it's a lot uh, different, a lot, you take more of a back seat and you can still do tons of weird stuff, but. Yeah. Are there any like. a lead instrument. Are there any old time, I feel like a lot of times in the like source recordings from like the thirties and forties or whatever, like uh, people are listening to the fiddle and a lot of it's like fiddle only or banjo only right. but are there any like guitarists in those recordings in this tradition of music that you like aspire to play like yeah absolutely <laughs> well my favorite guitar player from that era is uh, Blind Blake he's not particularly like an old time backup guitar he does like ragtime okay but he's just perfect like flawless playing and crazy syncopation and stuff but in terms of backup guitar uh who plays for the Nations Brothers? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he's insane. One of the Nations Brothers. Yeah, one of the yeah, Nations one of the, Brothers. The, the guitarist of the and Nations I Brothers. And I believe uh, um, Smith of Narmer and Smith is the guitar player, right? Now, that's interesting. I mean, obviously he's yeah. great, but like that whole uh, tradition, like, I mean, a lot of their tunes are just like one chord tunes. Totally, yeah. I like, like, what, how come I like you're drone. into that? So I, I like, the thing that I like so much about old time music is how droney it is and how much it relies on repetition. And I, like, any sort of additional technique I can add is always fun and interesting, but I, the thing I like to listen to the most is simplicity and, like, repetition. Yeah. yeah. So I like guitar players who do almost nothing. <laughs> Even though I like to play Fiddlers like that, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, all right, let me get into uh, the key of C real quick. On the podcast, all of the tuning is, is cut out for you. <laughs> But since you're here, those of you who are 
incarnate, you gotta listen to tuning. Yeah, we spent half the time tuning and the other half playing out of tune. <laughs> Okay. What are we playing next? Yeah, what yeah. are we playing? People what are we playing? <laughs> cool. So this is a pretty uh, archaic fiddle tune that comes to us from Texas. And uh, this predates the kind of Texas fiddle music that we find in the playing of Bob Wills and Country Swing, which came about in the late 1930s, 1940s. And uh, it's, it's kind of funny, the music of Texas, the fiddle music, the farther back, the weirder it gets, it seems. Of course, modern day stuff is very polished, very fancy playing styles. But uh, here's a taste of what it sounded like more than 100 years ago. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Peep O'Day. Peep O'Day <laughs> is the name of that tune. What, do you We're, know what that means? I don't, but I've seen reference to like an Irish, uh, a gang that was in Ireland during that time called the Peep O'Day Boys. <laughs> so I, I don't know if there's any correlation there or what the etymology of that phrase is. All right. It might just be like some weird folksy thing. It's at least that. <laughs> it's at least <laughs> very a weird folksy thing. Very least. Um, great. Uh, I'm just checking on how we're doing. Okay, we're doing good. Um, yeah, so um, you're talking about Texas fiddling. Um, yeah. What, what <clears throat> kind of separates out um, when you're learning Texas tunes? What makes that different from like a Virginia tune or from a uh, North Carolina tune? Hmm. What do you have to change in, in like, do you change the way that you play or is just like the tune itself different? Not really. I mean, well, I don't know, maybe in some respects, but yeah. I mean, ultimately to me, a tune is a tune. And it's, it's kind of like you, you always bring your own individual individuality to the music. Yeah. Mississippi tunes, though. I think that's a big part of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's differences in regional style of playing in America. I mean, the Mississippi stuff in particular tends to be more... Wacky. Unpredictable. Rock and roll. So to speak. <laughs> more punk rock. Uh, as far as the Appalachian stuff tends to be a lot rhythmic um, melodically speaking it might not be very intricate yeah. whereas the Texas music generally tends to be so yeah um, and I'm not quite sure why I'm sure yeah. somebody can explain this better than me uh, that during that time period you know there was a lot of cultural influences going through that area you had many different European countries going through there uh, and all the music got brought with them. Yeah. And it kind of just all came together into this weird thing. Uh, Andy, uh, I hate to like put you on the spot, but oh, yeah. I was just like, you started playing a Fingerstyle song earlier. Sure. Why we should just have you play, p- play a little solo guitar. Okay. Yeah. This is unplanned. This is on the spot. Would the best way to do this, uh, Mr. Soundman, Robbie, would that be to just use this mic? And the, yeah, okay, great. Because it's a little far away from, yeah, okay. So Andy, when you're ready, just uh, move that mic over. I'll get my, I'll get my picks. I'm in standard tuning. A lot of the stuff I play fingerstyle is in what is called open tunings on the guitar, which is like when you play, when you strum the guitar, you're already in a chord. It's very compatible with banjo. But uh, should I play into this? Yeah, yeah. Cool. But uh, I'll play a standard tuning one. The one that comes to mind first is probably. Uh, This one I've been doing called Brenda's Blues. Thank you. 
Yes. Get it. So that's yes. uh, <laughs> that's uh, John Fahey number. Thank you. That's like a little preview for your like upcoming just finger style episode. Yeah, I, when you're going to curate a lecture to, for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. I want to sort of like make a timeline of ragtime to American primitive to today. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me know when that's finished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You guys want to play this uh, Beaumont rag? All right. All right. Another Texas tune coming at you.
Who who fiddled that originally? Uh, it's been played by so many people, yeah, but that version... It's so hard to find the original. That version I learned from uh, Smith's Garage Fiddle Band. Smith's Garage Fiddle Band. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they recorded back in the late 30s. Of course, they were a garage band because there was nowhere else to play yeah. back then. <laughs> right on. Um, so you two are working on a record coming up. Mm-hmm. You're actually going to record to tape. I think so, yeah. Not wax cylinder. You're not quite <laughs> that legit. <laughs> not, not you're going to record to tape. Yeah, yeah, real to real. Yeah. Wait, did Ruchi Tucci and the Ragtime Kings record they a wax cylinder? They recorded on a wax cylinder, oh yeah. There's a video of it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's, All right. And it ends up sounding crazy, but... Yeah, we're going to record at a, a, little, a small studio here in or Kensington. Up in North Philly. And you're going to do that tune from earlier, the uh, Take Those Lips. Tune. Take Those Lips Away is on yeah. there. And a bunch yeah. of other ones, yeah. Mostly rags. It's like rags, waltzes, and breakdowns, basically. Yeah. And there's, there's some other material on there. Uh, there's some Portuguese music, which we'll also play yes. today. Have you, guys, have you guys decided on um, your like, official name for the record? Like, what your, the artist name? Is it going to be like the last names? I like that, yeah. Yeah, we probably will. We've done that before, and I kind of like it. Are you guys going to go Downadar and McLeod, or yeah. McLeod and Downadar? Downadar McLeod. Downadar and McLeod's better. Just because I, I like... I wanted you to both simultaneously say yeah, it yeah. with your names first. <laughs> and then Wait, look at each other. Say, say it in the opposite way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's better that way. Yeah. <laughs> Downadar and McLeod. Yeah, it's, it's got a good, good ring, and it kind of sounds old school. It's pretty old time. Pretty good. <laughs> Those old world names. Right on. Uh, well, um, we're going to uh, do one more tune for the episode proper, and then we're going to do a bonus track, and this is like the Patreon subscriber bonus. track. Bonus track. Uh, maybe just like te- tease that track a little bit uh, verbally. What is it? Oh, yeah. So this is, this one is going to be worth uh, picking up for whatever price you charge for it. It's, it's music that's not often heard these days. Um, this is Portuguese music that was recorded in America in the late 30s, um, and the group's name was Abru's Portuguese String Band. They recorded, uh, well, officially there was like 13 sides, but we only know of six. And uh, the music is very interesting. Um, it kind of has elements of European music, ragtime. It's uh, everything you want. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Got it all. It sounds totally different from everything else that came out during that time period. I know. Uh, I gotta, like, uh, so, uh, for those listening to this later, uh, we're doing this as part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, um, and I believe this is the fifth annual one. This is my uh, first time participating, and it's awesome to be here. We're uh, recording at the Tattooed Mom which is uh, a bar that I've never been to before, but I guess has like been around for a long time. It's kind of a big deal. We're in the upstairs back room, and there is a yeah. lot of the walls are completely covered <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in in posters and graffiti. Some of which is very political, very art. upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a, a picture, a very graphic picture of President Trump having a bowel movement. <laughs> nice. Oh, I didn't even yeah. see that one. And it's a. Uh, I mean, the one that really caught my eye was the... It's a the, big uh, mess. It's pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, there's a power... This one's less political, oh, I think, but there's a Powerpuff Girl one, and they're, the Powerpuff Girls from Cartoon Network, 
from oh, yeah. my childhood. What are they doing? Which now I'm it's thinking the they're a human centipede. It's the human centipede. From the, the it's a human centipede <laughs> with the Powerpuff Girls. It's yeah, it's a real bummer. And I feel like that's like affecting my playing tonight. Um, what else? We got some like <laughs> just all of you at home. Picture the human centipede, but Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, and it's a little like that. You'll be with us here now. It's a spiritual thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let that inform the, our last tune. Uh, what's this last tune that we're going to play? Oh, no, no, I, I, I got to read these sponsors real quick. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not used to doing this because I don't really have uh, corporate sponsors. I have individual sponsors from Patreon. But, uh, yeah, the Philadelphia Podcasting Festival would not exist without the kind, generous support of the Philadelphia Podcasting Society, of course. Uh, Bridge Set Sound, um, which is an awesome music shop on South Street. Yeah, uh, my friend actually sold some like cigar box, uh, Kent sold some good cigar box guitars there oh, nice. um, way back when. Um, Tattooed Mom, where we're at right now. Fireball Printing, best printer in Philly as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, Pyroglyphics Studio. Uh, New Media Touring, Philly Banner Express, Tea House Incorporated, Wildfire Radio, and Click Slash Save Photography Slash Design. I'm assuming that's... Is that a thing? Click Slash Save Photography Slash Design? That's on the list. I'm reading that. I don't know if that's a description or a name. I don't usually pronounce the slashes. Excuse me. I will fix that in post. Click Save Photography Design. May or may not be slashes in there. Okay, um, yeah, but we're like super grateful to be part of the uh, podcasting festival Ooh. and like uh, cut, sort of have our like coming out party to the rest of Philly of like the world time musicians and we're here and proud <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I mean, this is yeah. the underground of underground music. <laughs> yeah. But it's going strong in Philadelphia. Yeah, it is. It's a good place to be an old time musician. Um, uh, what, what's this last tune we're going to play? Uh, this we're gonna go out with the waltz, oh, yeah. and this is the Ozark waltz. It's actually the B side of Dry and Dusty. Oh, very good! Another great team. Oh yeah. All
go check out Dalnadar and McLeod at dalnadarmcleod.bandcamp.com or follow the link in the show notes on your podcast app or on Facebook. It's great. I'm listening to it right now as I record this, and uh, I had a bit of a bad day, and it's legit cheering me up. Like, I was pretty grumpy before I turned it on. Andy's banjolin work on Jackson Stomp is especially good. Speaking of Andy, after you buy Del Nadar and McLeod, go check out andymcleod.bandcamp.com and check out his other very good albums, especially In the Light of Day, which has some really touching music on it. I would love for you to hear it. Go check it out and buy it, please. If you want to support Get Up in the Cool, that's really nice. I accept. This show may be free to listen to, but it certainly isn't free to make, and I need your help. Go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon. Then choose a support level that works for you, and you'll be rewarded, of course. There's all sorts of options like on-air shoutouts, bonus tracks, MP3 downloads, and online banjo workshops. Speaking of shoutouts... I want to publicly thank my new Patreon supporters, John Hawkins and Sandra Parks. Thank you so much. I'm in a really busy place in my life right now. And if I didn't have support from generous people like you, I don't think I would be releasing this show as regularly. As much as I love making Get Up in the Cool, and I really, really do, I think most artists can attest that passion is not enough to sustain creative output, especially when I have other more urgent passions like, you know, my family. So again, thank you, John and Sandra and everyone else who's ever supported the show. It means a lot. Think Outside the Box Set, my other podcast just finished its first season. We did a song by song, album by album review of Garth Brooks, and uh, now we're experts, I guess, for better or worse. So pretty soon we're going to move on to a new recording artist or group to cover. We've already chosen the subject of season two, and it's a real left turn. Possibly a dead end. We'll see. The show is really fun and really different tonally, but it's similar to Get Up in the Cool in that we're sort of digging for treasure and trying to solve the mystery of why people value music. Except in Think Outside the Box set, we listen to music that I've never heard before that's often extremely offensive to my sensibilities and morals. (laughs) So yeah, fun show. Go check it out. Alright, that's enough for this one. Thanks for listening, friends. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.